Welcome everybody out to episode 84 of Utah in the Weeds and a big shout out and welcome to 2022, right? Here we are. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. We got it out a little bit late. Uh, The year in review, the 2021 year in review, if you missed that, go back and listen to it. It was, uh, I think, released on the 3rd of January. Uh, We'll be back after this episode. We'll, We'll try to be back to this Friday episode release every Friday at 4.20 a.m. Coming to you from Utah here. My name is Tim Pickett. I'm the host of Utah in the Weeds, and I'm looking forward to this entire year because there's so much good that has been happening in the cannabis space and in the medical space uh, from my perspective uh, over the past couple of years since the program started. And I hope to outline some of that in 2022. Today's guest is Sean Hammond. Sean Hammond is a good friend of mine. Uh, You may know him. You may have listened to the episode before when we had him on. Uh, He is the, uh, he's the owner and partner in Proper Hemp and Proper Cannabis Company. Proper is a company that's been around for a little while, not uh, you may have seen it in Utah. You may not have. It's been, uh, it's in multiple states. They've been doing CBD products and hemp products for a while, and they've come to Utah. Sean's br- brought that to Utah to um, to develop cannabis products or THC products for the medical market. And we talk a lot about his uh, nano emulsification process. He's really into bioavailability, which which just means the the uh, absorption of the product into the human body. Um, and and he's he's also into strong products. I, I like that about him. Um, we talk a little bit about weightlifting too, so stay tuned for that at the end there. And uh, I, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. From a housekeeping perspective, what to look forward to over the next few months? You know, the legislative session is coming up and you know, there's a couple of things that we are really focused on this year to try to get changed with the program. And one of them is covering for other providers that are in the same group, right? Covering for other providers that are in the same group. So I can see my partner's patients uh, when they are, uh, when my partner's out of town or sick or or gone or moves out of state even. Um, and then the other thing is this patient caps. You know, patients should, I believe, have a choice of who they see. Um, I think that that's, uh, that's becoming more and more evident. Uh, people are migrating to the folks that they want to take care of them, just like normal medicine. You get to choose your own doctor. You get to choose your own PA. Uh, why not in the medical cannabis space, right? So look forward to uh, episodes with, hopefully we'll get Rich Oborn back on from the Department of Health. Uh, we'll talk to the advocacy groups. Um, we'll talk to some pharmacists. Uh, I want to bring on some pharmacists from Wholesome Co. And last but not least, before we get into this episode, I want to update you on our subsidy program, Uplift. So Uplift launched in December 2021. It is the it is now the largest subsidy program that I know of in the state of Utah for medical cannabis patients, we are going to be able to see 22 patients in January 
for free or reduced cost. These are low-income and terminally ill patients. You can find out more about that at utahmarijuana.org slash uplift. Again, largest subsidy program in Utah for medical cannabis. I think this is what I would consider finally a good subsidy program that is transparent, uh, that is clear for the requirements to be approved for the system, and has the ability to scale and see, hopefully, as many patients as need to be seen who are low-income, terminally ill uh, here in Utah. So check that out, uh, Utah in the Weeds. Download it on any podcast player that you have. My name's Tim Pickett. Enjoy this episode and interview with Sean Hammond. Okay, first of all, we're in Salt Lake. We're at the Proper Cannabis Co. headquarters. Is that so, what we call this? What is this place? We're at, uh, call it Proper H- Proper HQ, right? Pro- because we've got HQ. multiple companies uh, under Proper, and uh, uh, we've got a, a lab, a medical cannabis processing lab here in the state. We can't touch any THC here at this spot. So okay, this, did, will that change? No. Um, no, this is zoned, uh, for hemp processing, but it's across the streets. Okay. To be a a medical cannabis processor, but right here is not. What the? (laughs) But that's fine. No, we're, cause we're, uh, we're working, uh, with another, you know, license holder to be able to do our processing there. Okay. So talk about that for a minute because you were, you were with Zion as the grower so yeah, you're should now, we just back up? Yeah, I let's, mean, okay, I mean that. I, I feel like we should because people know you from Zion Farmer and the social handle, and we had a podcast before, and you were involved with Zion. So, not as much as you want to get into that or not. How'd you get from there to here? Yeah, well, yeah, let's let's back up and give a little history. I think on our first podcast, I. Uh, gave a, a brief history on, on how I got into the space. But in 2017, when uh, my partner, Mike Madsen, and I were leaving the Oregon rec market, we decided to focus on hemp. So we started Proper Hemp Co. The, the Oregon market early on got really saturated with cultivators. We talked about that. It's still um, saturated. It's with still, yeah, I mean, you can buy it man, I guess it hasn't changed so much, right? right? They've got a moratorium right now on, on, on new grow. licenses. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they needed it a long time ago. So we decided to focus on the medical side of the hemp plant. You know, my experience uh, growing up in Oregon allowed me to understand the value of CBD. That's where I really first learned about it. Because the grower that, uh, one of my main growers there, she had an interoperable brain tumor that she medicated. uh, Well, it caused her to have seizures back up. So she had seizures associated with her brain tumor. And she was all the way off of her pharmaceutical drugs and simply controlled her seizures with a high CBD strain of cannabis. Mm. So that was my first, like, real close experience. So I, I wanted to understand more about that. And so I started learning more about the medical side. CBD was newer at that time. Some people had heard of it. Most of them hadn't. The farm bill still had not been passed, but it looked like it was going to. So we thought it was a good time to pivot into the hemp space 
and uh, take our brand national. So we focused on building a national brand, uh, Proper Hemp Co. Uh, we were in early. Um, we were really a science-based company that focused on high-end delivery systems, maximizing cannabinoid absorption in the body, and uh, and launched, and so did everyone else in the U.S., I think, too, yeah, <laughs> about that, two that years later. That sounds like the same time, right? Just <laughs> as the boom was happening. Yeah, a couple of, I mean, in 2018, crash. when the farm bill happened, you know, a bunch of people jumped in. You had farmers jumping in. You had brands jumping in uh, into a new market. And then, uh, you know, it got oversaturated, and COVID right. happened. And now, you know, at one point, I think they were tracking over 5,000 CBD brands, and now I think over 3,000 have mm-hmm. fallen out. So the ind- industry will stabilize, but that was our background. And uh, when licensing came available in Utah, when Prop 2 passed, yeah. I and we wanted to apply for a cultivation license. Well, you knew what you were doing. They needed Utahns who knew what they were doing at the time, right? That was my thought. Um, I was looking at some other opportunities out of state in fact, out of the country, but I traveled quite a bit and just really wanted to stay in state. So I put in a cultivation license with the idea of being able to bring proper cannabis here to Utah, you know, and that's the, the THC side. Um, we, uh, we didn't get awarded a license um, and still wanted to to try to participate in the Utah market. We wanted to try to bring get a deal with one of the cultivators or processors to to bring proper here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that didn't work out at the time, which is it's fine because uh, you know things work out or don't for a reason a lot of times, right? But I did end up uh, working with Zion and was excited to go work in the cannabis space here in in Utah and took a position with them to oversee and and run their uh, cultivation operation. And that was an awesome experience to be able to get in here and and design and build and and be part of creating uh, a new industry, a medical space. I love cultivating flour. I I love smoking flour, vaping, whatever. Right, whatever the whatever the term, the yeah, term whatever is right state now. I'm in depends yes, on it depends <laughs> on the state you're in. Yes, um, but uh, about just over six months ago, uh, decided to to get back to you know, my dream or idea of really bringing proper cannabis here to Utah. We developed a lot of really cool products with proper hemp. Um, you know, industry leading, you know, award winning. We got written up in magazines we've been in women's health and we've got awards sitting there behind you that uh you know for our branding Um, so uh, we learned a lot about our customers because we had a broad customer base and we took you know really meticulous data sets on conditions and what people were using our products for and then of course we have the you know, the data of which products we're selling. And we had a, a large catalog, 20-something SKUs. Yeah. But we really understand the, the main things that were driving customers to us. Sleep was a big thing. Yep. Pain. Mm-hmm. Anxiety or mental health. 
those were kind of really the main three things. I mean, it seems like when you're talking about the hemp side, the CBD side, those are the big. Those are the same ones that people health, pain, for cannabis, are, yep. so for and medical then that cannabis. Translates, you're right. I mean, it just translates right over to to the THC side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the so, thing. I mean, I really like those. You had some curcumin soft gels. And I was taking them. I remember we were lifting and I would hurt my back and I was loading up on those things because they were, they helped. Yeah. They right. were, uh, you know, they were based on this high end delivery system that uh, I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Talk and, about that now. Like that seems like to be your proper thing. Yeah. So proper cannabis, we really, uh, we took a science based approach. Um, initially in, in the CBD market, there were a lot of really bad products out there mislabeled, um, for one thing, and that's a whole different category, but even let's talk about products that were labeled and formulated correctly. You know, it started out in the industry with CBD isolate, which the bioavailability is incredibly poor. Not only is the bioavailability poor, the effects are nowhere near what, uh, say a full spectrum CBD or right. would, two things, would provide. Two things there. Bioavailability is how good your body absorbs a medication or substance. And so, for example, uh, the bioavailability of an IV drug is almost 100% because it, you put it right into the system. But the bioavailability of a drug you take orally is can vary so widely. Sure. Like, Right. So is it going widely. through first pass metabolisms? And it's not really tested in the hemp side, right? Like in drug, in the normal drug side in Western pharmaceutical medicine, you take the drug, they test your blood. When you take the drug, then they test your blood yeah, at 15 you minutes, values, 30 minutes. Yeah, all, this, all these values of bioavailability. And that's not done hardly. I don't know. Not by most. Not by most, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, but we we employed a a high end. Well, let's 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 back up. Let me let's talk about the difference between isolate oh, yes. and um, yes, because uh, the full second spectrum. thing I was going to talk about was isolating, and we have this in THC too, right? You have isolate, you have distillate, you have. Okay, explain that for us. So, yeah, I want to. I kind I kind of want to get into like a, a history of modern medicine. <laughs> but right. let's, I mean, let, can, before I can, do that, we have all day. Yeah, we'll yeah, split it up. We, we do that. Let we'll me do just two podcasts. keep it real simple. So uh, science likes to take a compound and isolate the molecule that provides a specific response. Yeah. Right? That, that is they how think, our that's, medical system That is how works. our medical system works. Okay. Aspirin. Often, ibuprofen. that is not the best delivery system because I'll go into plant medicine in a little bit after this, but most of these isolated medicines that your pharmaceutical companies are slightly altered molecules of natural plant medicines. Okay. Yeah. But the plant. Aspirin's a good example. The plant. White willow bark. Exactly. Right. And then we just made it into aspirin. Correct. Uh, uh, Van Gogh. He used to be drinking dandelion tea as a diuretic, and that's what made the halos for the starry, starry night. See? Right? Plant medicine. Yeah, that, plant that was medicine the thing. is the thing. Um, and, and we've gotten away from that. And what we've found, like, let's just keep it specific to cannabinoids. An isolated cannabinoid 
particularly CBD is what we're talking about, does not provide the same benefit, overall absorption or experiential benefit as a broad or full spectrum, meaning a, a distillate that has other cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids. Even so, if it's residue. I, I mean, I would say even if it's residue from the other cannabinoids yeah, it's and a small amount makes a really it makes big, a big difference, difference, right? So they found out that, okay, I, and it's called the entourage effect. I mean, right. this, is, this, is, this is easy science. Most people listening probably are aware of what the entourage right. effect is. And you don't get that with an isolate, but you do with full spectrum or broad spectrum. Still, you're limited on bioavailability. It's a very thick oil, right? You know, mm -hmm. CBD, and, and your body has a hard time absorbing that. So we uh, sought out companies that were doing interesting things in the space uh, and, you know, quite frankly, that were drug delivery companies for the pharmaceutical industry. So we, we started working with a group that had been doing some really cool research and uh, we licensed and uh, their, their process, which is patented, to apply to the cannabinoids. And, and what that does is, first of all, it makes it, number one, water-soluble. And what we create in our lab with the cannabinoids is called a self-assembling colloidal solution. Fancy words, meaning that you're creating a, when, when it hits a, our, our, I don't want to get too sciencey, um, but when our SDDS hits an aqueous phase. Basically, when you drop that shit into the water. Into water. Right? <laughs> it, it will, it will uh, become water soluble. And, and I showed, yeah, I mean, I no, showed we were Tim downstairs, right? kind so, of an experiment. Yeah, he, he, you dropped it into the water and you know, most oils, they'll, they go down and they'll separate a little and, and then they kind of rise. Sit, they just sit on top. Kind of. Right? They, if I they go right back to the right top. Up. Yeah, they go right back to the top and then they become oil. This is how I keep my, the noodles from boiling over. I spray some uh, oil in the top of the pot. You right. Know? It stays well, in the top. When you take uh, a cannabinoid, which is an oil-based, and uh, you take an oil-based delivery system like MCT, which is common, um, you know, that's, not water soluble and it's not the most bioavailable. What we do is we create a product that uh, just break it down to the science. It's water soluble. The it stabilizes at under fifty nanometers. And there's published studies in Molecule magazine, which I was showing you a little bit earlier, that show that our the comparison between an MCT-based delivery system versus this self-assembling colloidal solution delivery system uh, results in 4.4 uh, times greater absorption in blood plasma levels. Yeah, then when you were dropping it in the the water solution, it really it doesn't re it, it doesn't go back up to the top, and it it's it, you didn't even you have see to it spin it. I mean, it, you did spin it. To, to make the point, I think, but really it just it just hangs out all over it, the it, water solution. A colloidal solution is a solution that can't be broken down, right? So right. it took that entire vessel of water and it distributed the cannabinoids completely evenly mm -hmm. and it will not separate because now, now it's what colloidal. you're saying is not you're not making coffee. You're not changing the water into the cannabinoid solution. No, you're no. breaking down those. You're essentially 
breaking down those to the smallest point you can so that they absorb into, into your body. Into your body what's your body made of? As fast as water, right? As fast yeah. and as consistent as possible. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is really what we need. I talked to a patient today. The biggest problem they're having is consistency with the edibles. Edibles are a challenge, man. They're, they really, they, they are a challenge. challenge. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a funny drug delivery system for a medical market, if you think about it. I don't eat sugar. <laughs> no, so, there's so much so, more now. We I mean, were thinking about doing it, and it's the new year, right? We're thinking about doing the whole 30. And I was thinking, man, how are you gonna how are you gonna do that? There's all the sugar and all these additives and all these gummies. I mean, so you're gonna have to switch your switch the delivery method, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's uh what we've developed with proper cannabis is you know alternative delivery methods based on what we learned and what we got feedback from our patients and in, in proper hemp. So those curcumin soft gels, uh, our mm -hmm. proper relief soft gels, they're nano emulsified. So they have that technology applied, which is why you can feel them. They work yeah. and they absorb into your body and, and they do it quickly and, and they last effectively longer. Uh, the so relief when is you talk about they, they absorb quicker, so you're going to get 4.4. And we were looking at the graphs. I mean, based on this, this article and this research, it's going to absorb into the body at, at over four times greater bioavailability. So essentially, yeah. if we switch over to this THC stuff that you're making now, that's going to drop. And when is it? When are we thinking that this stuff's going to be available in Utah? So we're going we're gonna to be launching new products um, all throughout 2022. So our first product that's coming to market is just a, a straight THC tincture. The next product that's just awaiting testing is a tincture for formulated to help with sleep. And then we've got two topicals that are based on our nano emulsion formulas mm. that we're going to be introducing, you know, hopefully January if you know, again, if testing goes, is, you know, it takes a right? minute. Like, um, remind me to bring back up the, the barriers to entry to bring a product mm -hmm. to market mm -hmm. as a non-grower. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for I sure. It's one thing when, when you had access to that grow, but now proper is not a grower. No. Okay, but finishing on with this bioavailability, are you... You're so then, and then we're going to be working on bringing products based on our proper soft gel or our hemp-based soft gels to the THC market. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the we've we've already developed them and you we've developed them. We've got to uh, get uh, the ability to manufacture them at a. You know, a little bit, a yeah. little bit more scale, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, instead we of filling scale. every single capsule yourself and banding it yourself, and, <laughs> and then, yeah, and there's then there's a lot that in goes into the delivery system, but the technology's been developed, and we're excited to get it launched. Um, the uh, the first product, like I said, I don't I don't really eat sugar, so edibles have not really been my thing. But we're bringing a, a high strength straight delta nine tincture to the market. Uh, that's going to provide similar or better results than a lot of your edibles. It's but high strength, like high most strength. of the tinctures out in Utah, are 250 milligrams per bottle. Yeah. What's what do you think is going to so be in your bottle? So we're we attempted to launch at 1500 milligrams per bottle. Uh, test results came at 1750, which again I can 
Yeah. Do you think Utah testing should is we, interesting? <laughs> should we go back to the Cody James podcast I just released last month? Yeah, you know, um, all it's okay, Cody. We don't hate you, but couple of times now your tests have come back a little high maybe well and, and it's not and it wasn't him you know there's there's a no, labs there's a in the group. state I, but we're just it's like it's, Fauci. it's interesting we, so we when you're formulating you've got to have accurate data because all of your data is based on potency and you know the amount of milligrams per gram of your source material so you, you do all of your math and formulations based, based on, on, on source that. material and if you know uh uh, a C of A comes back saying your source materials at 75% uh-huh. THC, you formulate based ah, on I that see. percentage. Well, if that distillate happens to be 85% THC because your initial test was wrong, now your formulation has more. Has, you know? So has those, the, the, the those first batch. Differences, <laughs> not necessarily errors. We're just going to say those differences are going to yeah. translate all the way down the, the yeah, production. It's, kinda, it's funny math because it's like, listen, here's the amount of liters used, which you can see. Right. And here's the, here's the math. Yeah, I did all, not generate 190,000 extra grams of THC sure. in my formulation process. You know? But anyway, but so way, bottom all, line, no, this is, this is high strength. I mean, a yeah. lot of medical patients need a high dose. Well, right? and the other thing is, I mean, it's probably going to be a pretty good value too because that's the idea. We're formulating it, and we don't have control over what pharmacies price products at. I mean, right. you growers don't certain, have it, but processors don't. We intend, you know, we could have a manufacturer's recommended sale price, yeah, uh-huh. MSRP or whatever, and we would like these to hit the market for one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Um, I mean, you're you're putting and it we're out pri- there, and right? we're pricing we're pricing to allow that because yeah. it's a lot of medical patients really do require high dose and that gets expensive it gets cost uh, the prohibitive consistency too if you want patients and I talk about this a lot to patients in reducing their inhaled products just in general right because we're seeing more younger patients use a lot of cannabis and so. To me, if I can reduce the amount of inhalation that a patient does over their lifetime by 20%, that's a lot of inflammation that we reduce um, and potential damage because there's there's plenty of research on smoking weed, but there's not a lot of research on long-term vaping. And who knows? Maybe, we're, maybe there's another chemical in there um, that over time will be... Uh, you you want less of yeah I you guess, hear that right? Department of Health joints are best right, no. right. so <laughs> so you've got this um, we talk about microdosing tinctures and then adding inhaled on top of it and your tincture would be ideal right because you basically well, I mean, have you the can Delta take whatever 9. dose you want it's sure, a, it's a value based product that's yeah. high quality all of our products are high quality um, and it doesn't melt together in the in the bottle right right <laughs> and it's designed so one dropper fulls 50 milligrams so i don't know maybe you're a, a 12 milligram person will you take a quarter dropper full right yeah. or it allows you to really kind of maintain that dosing protocol. And, and if it's absorbing faster and it's more bioavailable than the competing or the other products and you can get it 10 minutes earlier, right? You can get that effect 10 minutes earlier. Why wouldn't you want that, right? You 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 take it to have the effect. And I and I do want to clarify just, you know, the the initial tinctures that we're putting yeah. out, they're they are not 
are nanoemulsified products. But they, you know, they're they're a higher strength and formulated for a condition. The nanoemulsified products will be dropping later January, February, March. And those are going to be the, those are the, the ones that have the 4X absorption. Got it. Plus. So I mean, these really are a lot to look forward to. Oh yeah. Uh, kind of the idea, I mean, a lot of people, if you, let's, let's say you smoke a vape, uh, your, your flower in the morning, right? Well, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have time or the ability to vape all day, right? Until they get back from work or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. This provides kind of that, you know, all day predictable help. Yep. To when all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're not you're not high, but you're thinking, oh, I'm not thinking about smoking. You know, right. Joint. I'm not I don't thinking feel about it. my pain. Yeah. And those two so. things, you're you're home free, and you don't. And then there's the smell, and really, there's still a stigma around the smell yeah. of the flower. So we're excited to get that launched. Um, and I mentioned we we formulate for conditions, right? We don't formulate just to get you high. We formulate for conditions. And uh, the one of the biggest things that we've talked about is sleep, right? So many people take edibles for sleep. Mm-hmm. Most people won't take an edible during the day because of yeah. the, the waves that it comes in, you know, the kind of unpredictability. And then when it wears off, you crash out, right? And you want to go to sleep. So a lot of people end up taking their edibles at night. We understand that. And we developed a, a tincture that's you know, designed to help you fall asleep. It's not designed to get you high and that right. it won't. It's going to, if you take it during the day, it's going to put you down. You're going to want to take a nap. And it's formulated with a uh, thousand milligrams of THC, a thousand milligrams of CBD, 200 milligrams of CBN, uh, valerian root, lavender, and uh, getting back to that natural plant medicine. And it, helps you sleep there's no doubt uh, we've uh, we're really excited to get that one launched because we know it's going to serve a uh, a large number of patients how is it possible i'm sitting here thinking about formulating these products and how you're going about formulating these products and maybe you don't even want to answer this because it's because i can imagine that this is pretty hard but how do you go about formulating a product and testing it in Utah when you can't have THC? Yeah, you can't. I mean, it's 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 a problem. And right? You've got to be, you've essentially got to be a patient. If we're going to brainstorm this, we've got to be a patient. Let me walk through what work. I would have to do to test my product in, in the market, right? So, or, like, or on your own while you're formulating it. Well, you it, can't. Even Right, you there's, can't. There's no mechanism can't, there's no inside like legal... the law. See, when like with proper hemp, and, and the good thing is, I have base formulations that I've developed sure, that here. You can go that, from. So I, right? I have. So you know, and you know what? How much ten milligrams of delta nine make, you know makes people feel like okay, that that makes some sense. But formulating a CBN valerian root lavender product and then having people try it and test it and make sure that you can get all the materials. You would have to be doing that out of state, right? Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd have to you be really, doing beta testing out of state. Out of state. So with but but out of state, you you're not going to have a license out of state to have it and to do the testing either. No, but we can work in a someone's lab there. 
you could work in with, somebody's lab. Yeah. You see how these little things, like yeah. I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I, but I want to point out that we don't think a lot about these, these little hiccups that are real problems for people. So I, I can tell you how <laughs> these businesses. How we've also uh, looked at addressing this. I mean, this is a problem, right? Right. So we're going to be. Uh, I'll just announce it here. I'm going to be doing a beta test program for my followers um, for each product release that we do. So be- prior to releasing. Um, we want to, uh, allow and get a bit of a database on patients here in Utah that want to be beta testers for us. For a product. Mm-hmm. So you've got a new formulation. So, yeah, I'm going to put this out on my, on my Instagram to, and there'll be a link where if you want to sign up as a beta tester, go to this link and let us know what your conditions are. There's, there's a little short questionnaire that you'll fill out. Mm-hmm. And from there we can see, okay, patient A is taking cannabis in this delivery form for these conditions. I think they would be a good fit to beta test this product, right? If, if you've got insomnia, that's your primary reason for utilizing cannabis. Okay, well, let's let's have you beta test our sleep product. Then you can give us your feedback on taste and texture and experience. Uh, so the, the cool thing about being a small little craft brand like this is, you know, we've got the ability to move and shake and do that type of thing. So we want to get that feedback and, and we will, uh, you know, if we need to alter our formulas, we can do it based on feedback of patients or if we need to create new formulas. So that's, that's kind of how we're trying to address it. And the idea being, okay, you signed up as a beta tester, go to this pharmacy here and you can go pick up your deeply, deeply discounted product. As, and then your responsibility is to give us feedback. You give on us the feedback. This, and if you don't give us the feedback, then you're out of the program. Then you're like, out of the program you will never right. beta test for us no, again. But I think that a lot of people would be very interested to do that, especially in a small market like Utah, where they could maybe make a difference on, wow, that really, that sleep formulation was really strong. I was a little groggy in the morning when I took this much. You know, then essentially you could, you could give, the pharmacies, you could give QMPs. I mean, you could give the, the public, right? Here's a little bit of feedback on... That's kind of the idea. Yeah. Um, so there are, there are challenges. more of that type of stuff. But how do you even source? We talked about this a little bit before. Like, how do you even source your, your material? Because you have to work under a... You have a tier two license? Tier We're one. working under a tier one. You're working under a tier one. So somebody could come in and... So, so proper cannabis can come in, they can work under a tier one, make an agreement with a tier one license holder. That's the, that's the one that you've got to pay a hundred thousand dollars for Correct. the, uh, for the application, right? Correct. And then, then you have to get they, material. Well, then they have to get the material technically and you, but it's you paying for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But you got to go. Correct. Th- how do they do that? Because they're not the one. You know, Not it's, it's, all of the processors are growers. No, and it, it's a challenge. Utah, I mean, there are always unintended consequences, I think, when programs are devised and then administered. Oh, the QMP program is like, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. 
And but from the grow, right? You decided on 10 licenses. You ended up issuing eight. Yeah. You then have an unlimited number of $100,000 licenses that can go, that can be purchased, right? And there's been, I don't know, a handful of those mm-hmm. purchased. Mm-hmm. There's got to be five, six, don't yeah. you think? At least yeah. five or six of those. So now you have 13 to 15 companies who can process, but eight of those can grow. Yeah, so that's that's the challenge is if you're not vertical and you don't control the source material. Oh, yeah, material. this is besides the fact that not all of those eight have retail. Yeah. Right? There's only two or three that have four. Uh, three or four now, Three or four, maybe, yeah. Now. Um, so it's, it's a unique market, but I can tell you the price of raw materials, if you can get it, and for people that don't know how... You know, products are made, you know, when flour is grown, uh, if it's a high enough quality flour, then it should be sold as flour. But then you have a lot of residual material, your trim, which typically in most markets in most states, uh, you know, that's what you're utilizing to create distillate. And trim is going to be the leaves, not yeah, your the, sugar not leaf. the main, the no, sh- just the, the sugar just leaf, the sugar yeah, leaf not because the fan leaf. You want, yeah, you don't want the fan leaves. They don't have cannabinoids, uh, but most of the trim here has fan leaves and everything, which ultimately reduces your total THC content by weight. Do you think that's because this is a, I mean, this is kind of an opinion. I don't know. I mean, do you think that over time the trim will get better because they'll learn how to grow it better? Or do you think... Um, a lot of it of is not necessarily a function in growing, but in harvesting and processing or um, part of it is growing because, you know, if it, indoor, you know, you're, you're shways and you're deleafing a lot. You're pulling off a lot of those, those big fan leaves that don't have cannabinoids. Got it. Um, outdoor, which is in greenhouse, you don't manicure as much, at least most here because mm-hmm. of the size or mass. Yeah. So they harvest the plant, chop it down, grind it up, and, and there's your biomass. Got it. Um, but in, in most states, in most market, trim costs anywhere from $50 a pound to 150 for good trim. You know, and that's, and in here, Utah, it can cost 10X that. So you start slight, I mean, you can buy pounds of good flour in other states cheaper than you can buy trim here to process. Uh, yeah. Okay. And now, it requires a certain amount of, of weight of trim to produce to a produce liter of distillate. So it's, yep. you know, so maybe the, you know, one of the unintended consequences that gets slammed down to patients uh, is the fact that if you're not vertical, you're buying really expensive trim to or distillate to to blow down just because the it's the cost of goods sold you know Mm -hmm. all the way up the chain yeah do you feel like i mean and even if the legislature looks at a solution to this problem you know increasing the number of growers i'm sure would be one solution allowing i think what they ought to do i mean here's here's just something to throw out kick around they won't but, you know, like you mentioned, they were going to do eight licenses or they were going to do 10, but they issued, but they eight. issued eight. You know, those were 100,000 square foot licenses. Take, take one of those next licenses, that ninth license, break it up into 10 or 20 licenses, little, little micro grows, little craft grows to allow, you know, mom and pop or some other smaller 
yeah. you know, companies to come in and, and do this and um, not do it at not do it at that big scale. Do it on a, a craft yeah, type thing. I mean, right? you don't you don't need a hundred thousand. Not everyone needs a hundred thousand square feet. I'd be stoked. You know, have a twenty five hundred square foot of canopy. Well, I don't yeah. think there's 800,000 square feet no. of cannabis being grown in Utah now. Not no, if it is, 000. it's mostly going to be outdoor, right? I mean, yeah, so just think of the logistics, the economics of it. Yeah. People to build out indoor grow, it's really expensive mm-hmm. for a small amount of square footage. Yeah. So I don't know. It would, it would open things up for patients. It would allow smaller brands and other brands to, to come in to the market yeah, with different motives. It's a really interesting idea. Definitely won't go anywhere. Definitely mind, won't go right? anywhere. Like, I don't man, think I'd either of you. Be first in line really to resubmit great. the same application I did three years ago because sure. I called out all these problems in my application about the about this type of um, about the program. Yeah, program. in general. Yeah. yeah, when you try to force certain things, it's just and and you know, I mean, they'll probably admit it when they're doing it. I can't imagine they wouldn't be willing to admit, like, look, we're going to do the best we can now, and we don't know every single thing that this is going to bring up that's good and bad, but we think this is a good start, and here we go. Do I think that happened? Sure. I mean, And I, I look at it from the state's point of view, okay, we have to administer this program. It's a lot easier for us to administer yeah. eight, eight people. operations than yes. 40. It's okay. In the beginning, definitely was a consideration, I'm sure. But the unintended consequences are, you know, source material costing 10x what it does what other it might, markets. Other markets, yeah. And then that just really translates right to price. Yeah, it has to. At the, I, yeah, there's no there's no way around it. And because the initial cost of, uh, you know, the tier licenses too. Well, you've got processors that all spent millions of dollars, you know, mm-hmm. buying the license, getting the equipment to process. And, you know, then if, unless they were awarded a cultivation license, now their, you know, probably main job is trying to source material. Yep. Yeah. Well, we've talked to them too. And it is, it is the hardest, I guess it's the most consistent problem you have in Utah right now as a processor, which is getting source material. And I would I mean, maybe even Dragonfly and Wholesome would say the same thing. Their main problem is getting source material because they can't grow it fast enough. Um, I don't know. I think Dragonfly grew at like almost 50,000 pounds last year. That's a lot. Yeah, and I went up to, um, I did visit, I did visit a grow in northern Utah. And I don't know if I have permission to say the name of where I went, but um, there was 50,000 pounds of flour up there getting ready to be turned into to a distillate yeah um so they're definitely growing a lot of yeah but they can turn their own flower and their own trim into distillate right yeah they, they were doing so it right there in the right there in the room you know <laughs> so that's that's, that's the advantage you know and if i again if i was the state i would probably if i was going to open up cultivation i'd probably open it up to Tier one processors first, mm-hmm. so they could provide their own source. I mean, that doesn't, you know, help me because I don't have a tier one processor. But well, I, sure, but yeah, to, but I mean, for fairness like for the market to to really kind of help. Sure, they would be the quickest to market anyway. I suppose it'll it'll balance out. Um, free markets generally do, right? So did this um, back to talking about work? 
does this take a lot more time than it than it was growing? Um, or is it just different? it was really busy initially getting things. You were down there all the time. Yeah, I mean, when you're doing managing I mean, I a build we were, out in a couple of different back locations, COVID times. Yeah, uh, when and then we COVID were happened. when we were lifting weights, and you were mm-hmm. never there at the end because you were always you were always driving all over the valley to build the grow out. Yeah, so I wouldn't say uh, I'm more busy. Um, I'm just busy doing When was the things. last time you picked up a barbell? Two months ago, probably. And and just to move it back on the rack or what? That was pretty impressive. Man. I don't know. My daughter posted a little your, workout. Your daughter posts <laughs> some crazy workouts. Yeah, she's she's, getting she's really, lifting really the brains out. Yeah, she's, she's a uh, competitive weightlifting athlete and she's strong. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Chloe... Uh, Chloe's always always like I gotta get I gotta get as strong as Mia. <laughs> yeah, she just you know we do the Olympic weightlifting, but uh, so people probably wouldn't relate or to that. But my little hundred and twenty pound daughter just you know deadlifted two eighty five for the max. I think yeah. she was supposed to. That's pretty good. Yeah, little pretty, girl. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, Olympic weightlifting. I have been so struggling trying to get some consistency right? I can do three days in a week and then it's two weeks before I Well, and I shut down my again. gym, so now I don't have a place to go as easy. It's harder to go when you don't have other people to go, to go see, even though the social aspect of the gym, I feel like is made up by the, by the lifter. Like if you go to the gym, tell me if I'm wrong. You go to the gym at the same time every day because you've got these people that you get to know at the gym, whether it's CrossFit oh, yeah. or EOS, sure. wherever you go, the Olympic Le Gym. Um, and and you think, you get this in your subconscious mind that they they expect you to come, right? That they, they're rooting There's for accountability. You. There's right? accountability. But that is legit made up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> These people, they do care, they but don't they don't, care. but you know, that's not like the reason why they're going. Now your they're coach going would because care. Like they it, think it, you care. Right. If you got a coach, you know, and he's sitting there waiting oh, now, for you at the gym. That is, yes, you've added a whole nother layer to Olympic lifting specifically too. Um, don't get as much done without a coach yeah. in Olympic lifting. Yeah. So those of you out there who want to try a new sport, Olympic lifting, Sean Hammond and Tim Pickett, our vote is you give it a try. Do it. Do it. Do it. No matter it's, how old you are. Oh, it's great for mobility and strength and all of that, especially for dudes our age. Even though you're a lot younger than me. I can't say our age. Our age? Okay. It's My fine. age. It's, it's <laughs> fine. I feel so old. I mean, I started wearing readers. Okay. What's your favorite strain? We, we, we can wrap this up. Uh, what's your favorite strain right now? And I think um, you might have to say what's your favorite strain, uh, what's your favorite Utah strain? Oh, man. Mm. Well, I don't know. So I've been traveling and doing some work with uh, um, some breeder friends. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I've got to test a lot of new flavors that aren't out anywhere yet. Um, so my favorite strain right now is z claire number two um from umami oh that's fire it's got some old school grape terps uh, with some kind of creamy gas along with it 
Um, so yeah, I, I've been kind of helping doing some pheno hunting and, and testing and tasting outside of Utah. Right. Because that's where it has to be done. But, uh, fun. That just sounds mm, like fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to, to grow some flower here in Utah again sometime. And we'll see if that, uh, happens or not. But if we do, man, we are going to have some incredible flavors, absolutely proprietary, proper flower that won't be anyone else. Always. We can always look forward to it. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's exciting. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm excited just to be back in, in the Utah market getting our brand launched. It's been a, you know, it's been a dream. We've been working on, on this. We came from the cannabis space. We developed our processes and companies and products in, in the hemp space, but we really wanted to get back into our original love, which is cannabis and, and launching, uh, you know, the brand proper cannabis co here in the state. So where is it located on, on social? Do you, do you just want people to hook up with you on yeah, with your see. social handle? Um, so I'm proper farmer. Proper you know, farmer. Uh, P-R-O-P-E-R-P-H-A-R-M-E-R. So proper farmer and I'll be you know, making some announcements and some posts and, and getting back active on Instagram. I haven't been active for you know six while. months or or so right, but it's time it's time I, mean, I just had my head down working grinding trying to get things ready to go now they're ready to go in 2022 we get to go pop off man we're excited all right well happy new year it's good happy talking new year to you. good to see you again tim stay safe out there peace